High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. I want to share some things tonight. A week and a half ago, I shared a message basically on Christmas, on unwrapping Christmas, and we started a series uh, that we have titled Unwrapping Christmas this past Sunday. Pastor Joshua shared along the same line, but I shared a message specifically about the birthing of promise, and uh, I got to, I really didn't get to very deep into it, but tonight I want to actually conclude that message because I have something else that I want to minister this coming Sunday. I will be preaching this coming Sunday. But uh, I, I believe it's very important that we understand whenever we read the Christmas story, what we call the Christmas story, it is about a birthing. Everybody say a birthing. Now we know that it's the birth of Jesus, but I believe whenever we read we have to read more than just the story of Jesus as a historical fact, okay? And I think so often people, whenever they read the Bible, particularly as it relates to how things play out in history, they just read it like it's history, read it like it's a story, it's an account. But I believe that the Holy Spirit will actually begin to reveal to us that within the story there are biblical principles that God is wanting to unfold, that he's wanting to unwrap within our lives. And I believe even the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, there is principles concerning spiritual birthing that we can grab a hold of that God will unwrap and unfold that will enable us to begin to embrace the fullness of what God wants to do within our lives personally. How many of you believe that God wants to do something magnificent within your life? Do you believe that? How many of you know that God loves you? Listen, I want, I'll just say this, and this goes, uh, the meaning of this goes, it's, it's very far reaching. But God loves you so much that he's not going to allow you to remain the way that you are. Can you look at somebody and say, God loves you so much He's not going to allow you to remain the way you are. What does that mean? That means God's going to change you. That means God's going to change you inside and out. That means God's going to change what is going on inside of you so that he can do something fresh through you. You know, one of the things I've always found to be true, even within my own life, and I believe we could also see it biblically, is that before God does something through you, he will first do something inside of you. And he will begin to cause change to come about. And of course, we as human beings, we're creatures of habit. None of us like the C word. Right? The word is changed, by the way, just so you know. None of us like the C word. We don't like the word change, right? You know, and I know that if you're married, you've had your spouse tell you at least one time, maybe more, <laughs> you need to, you need to change. Has anybody ever had your spouse say that to you? Okay. Got a few honest people around here. Has anybody here ever said that to your spouse? Yeah. I have. I'll be the first one. I'll go ahead and raise up both hands, both feet, and everything. You know what, and she has told me numerous times that I needed to change too. 
You know, God will always put people together and I don't, I better not go down that road because I, but I'll, I'll just say that, you know, the Lord will, will actually, God will use your spouse to help in the perfecting process within your life. Thank you for that overwhelming response. I knew that you loved that. You, one of the reasons you got married is because God wanted you to grow in love. <laughs> Think about it for just a moment. And so the Lord many times will put two people that are total opposites together and it'll kind of rub you the wrong way because listen, you don't have to really exercise love as long as it's never challenged. Right? But whenever things are not going so good and they're doing things that you don't like, that's whenever the love of God is, is tested, right? For you that are having to work with some employees or maybe an employer or maybe a supervisor or some people that are around you, you know, and they're doing things that are irritating you, that's whenever love is tested. Because it's easy to love people that are doing everything you want them to do, right? When everything's going great, I love you, I love you, right? But all of a sudden, whenever they say something or do something that you don't like, then what are you going to say? Then how are you going to respond? You see, that's whenever the love of God is really tested. And by the way, it is in those moments that love is demanded to grow. And so the Lord will put you in situations like that and link you up many times with people. You know why the Lord gave you your spouse? You know now, because he wanted you to grow, right? And so go back to what I was saying, is that the Lord loves you so much that he's not going to allow you to remain the way that you are. He wants you to change. And listen, every one of us, if you ever want to see God do something great in your life, you have to learn how to embrace change. And it's not easy because, again, we're creatures of habit. That's just the fact. Everybody knows human beings are creatures of habit. We, it, whenever I get up in the morning, I have a routine that I go through every single morning. And I will not even drink coffee. I will not have a cup of coffee until I take a shower. I will not do anything until I take a shower. I don't know what it is. I have to have a shower. Don't, don't ask me to go out. Don't even ask me to take the trash out. I don't care. We'll, we'll wait till the next time. I'm gonna, I am going, if you want me to work in the yard, I will take a bath. I will take a shower. I will work in the yard and I'll come back in and take another one in. My wife can verify that. I just don't go outside. I'm gonna take a shower and I'm gonna make sure I'm squeaky clean for whatever the day has for me. And so I make sure that I get a shower and then I get dressed. And once I am dressed, then I go in and I get my coffee. And while the coffee is actually pouring out of the Keurig, I'm going somewhere with this. I go and open the blinds and let the sun shine in all throughout the house. And uh, my wife, she's usually still there in bed and I'm bringing her some coffee sometimes. But <laughs> you know it's true. Don't, don't tell everybody it's not true. You know it's true. <laughs> You can preach next week. That's fine. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm opening the blinds and, you know, letting the sun shine in and, you know, it's a beautiful day. And, and, uh, and so now I said all that to say that that's my routine, okay? Don't you mess up my routine, right? Look, I'm, I'm, and by the way, all of my clothes are in the same place and don't move my clothes. I put my jacket there. Who moved my jacket, right? I remember putting my shoes right here. Who moved my shoes, right? 
And so I said all that to say, we're creatures of habit and we have, a, we have a routine and we have a way that we do everything and we get accustomed to that and we don't want anybody to upset the apple cart. Don't mess up with my, don't mess with my apple cart. But see, God's gonna do things within your life. By the way, this doesn't really have anything to do with the message. I just felt impressed to say it. He's gonna bring things to, ch to change things within your life. And I said that it does have something to do with the message actually because hear this. Whenever God, before God births something through you, he is going to change some things on the inside of you because the capacity to hold, you know, before a woman actually gives birth, do you know there are things actually within their body that changes before she can actually give birth? There's, there's, there's stretching that goes on whenever she's in the, even the labor process, the, the, the pelvis actually begins to open up and I don't even know, I can't even figure out how in the world a baby you know, how it comes out exactly like it comes out, but God made it that way and everything changes and it conforms so that the baby can come forth so that there can be a birthing. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm speaking to adults tonight, so you know what I'm talking about. So I won't read this, the scriptures again, but you can read in Luke 1, verse 26 through 38. And so the angel appears to Mary and tells her that she's going to have a child. She t he t the, the angel tells her that she will call his name Jesus. It goes on all about what Jesus is going to do. And then in verse 38, Luke 1, 38, what Mary, well, verse 37, we'll start verse 37. And this is what she says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I believe at the moment whenever Mary said, let it be, unto me according to your word. I believe that's the moment that she embraced the word that was spoken over her. And I believe that that was the moment that she actually was impregnated with the very seed of God. I believe, hear this, Mary could have said, I don't want any part of this. And if Mary would have said, I don't want any part of this, then the Lord would have found her somebody else. Now, Again, I'll go and tell you my personal opinion. I'm not preaching this as doctrine. I believe that God already knew Mary's heart and had already prepared Mary for this. But still, hear this. He knows your heart. But listen, you, are, you still have to be the one that articulates and says, I embrace the promise of God. I embrace this seed. Lord, impregnate me with your word, impregnate me with your promise, impregnate me with your purpose, and let it be to me according to your word. Amen? Can everybody just say that tonight? Let it be to me according to your word. Let's say it again. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen? And understand, if we are ever going to fulfill the will of God, if we're ever going to fulfill the purpose of God, that's what we have to do. We have to say, let it be to me according to your word. Whenever we begin to get prophetic words many years ago about starting this church, we had to say, let it be to me according to your word. Lord, we believe. Lord, we receive. And now, Lord, let, we, 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 we embrace 
This seed of your word, but hear this, you have to embrace the seed before you're going to have the baby. Before there can be a birthing, you must first of all embrace the seed. God's word is a seed. And there's a number of scriptures, and we talked about that the last time that I ministered about the different scriptures that specifically speak of God's word being the seed. So whenever God speaks, hear this, it is a seed that God intends to impregnate you with. Uh, uh, let me say The word concerning healing is designed to actually impregnate you with healing. The word spoken concerning blessing is intended to impregnate you with blessing. You see, because it doesn't happen automatically. Just because the word is spoken doesn't mean that it instantaneously happens. There is a process. Would everybody look at somebody and say, there's a process. And so everything that God does, it begins in seed form. It doesn't begin full grown. It always begins with the seed. Of course, Mary experienced all of this. The seed was the word that was spoken. The impregnation in her womb was the word being believed. She believed the word. That became the impregnation. Then there was a time of development. That was the word that was growing on the inside of her which then eventually led to the birthing, which was the word being delivered or coming into full manifestation. Now, again, and you may want to write this down if you didn't write it down last time, as it is in the natural, so is it in the spirit. Or we could also say it, as it is in the spirit, so is it in the natural. And I will say that historically, in our own ministry, before God ever birthed anything through us, there would always be some type of articulation of that within our lives. You know, before we, again, before we started this church, God spoke it prophetically over us. Before I started writing songs, there was a prophecy given to me in Tulsa, Oklahoma, about me writing songs. Before I went on staff, even at Christian International many years ago, there was a prophetic word or word of knowledge that was given to me by Phil and Dee Sadler. I'm going through these things very quickly. Before I led worship on an integrity project, there was a prophecy that was given. Again, before we took possession of the land that we have right now, there was a prophetic word that Leon Walters gave us about where we would move. And before we launched the high praise churches that we have, there was a word that was given to us by Judy Jacobs. Before there's been various moves of God, even within this church, and major shifts, there's always been preceded by some type of prophetic articulation. Why? It's because the prophetic word is the seed that God releases to impregnate you with something that later he's going to birth through you. Do you get that? So God speaks his word to impregnate you with something that then will be developed, then will grow on the inside of you. Listen, don't get discouraged and don't throw in the towel just because you don't give birth to the baby in one month. Right, You can't throw in the towel and you can't give up just because you don't see it happen on your timetable. Okay, God has a timetable. And there's some things that God will speak and you won't see it happen to 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years down the road. There's still some things that God spoke to us even 30 years ago that we haven't seen the fulfillment of, but I'm telling you, there's still the baby that's on the inside of me. You understand this? There's still something that's growing and at the right time, it's going to be birth. And so don't give up and don't get discouraged just because you don't see it happen immediately. Amen? Are y'all getting anything out of this? Now, I said the last several months, there's been a deluge of prophetic words and th that have been, given, have been uh, spoken over us. And I'll say this, by prophets that we respect, 
Some of them I didn't even know before, but now have, uh, have spoken those things. But uh, one of them, uh, some of them actually uh, Elizabeth introduced us to. And uh, for y'all that don't know, the Elizabeth, wave at everybody. For y'all that don't know Elizabeth, she heads up the uh, international uh, young, what's it called? Middle You're middle-aged young prophets. Okay. Uh, the international gathering of uh, middle-aged young prophets. But nonetheless... But responsible for raising up and training uh, young people called into prophetic ministry. But anyway, Prophetess Amanda Hill, she was one of the ones who spoke to us and she talked about sons and daughters being raised up, apostolic shift in our church, coming into a new time of sending, new strategy, a lot of different things that she actually spoke about. And then uh, Toby uh, Ariomi, who we played the, pr the prophetic word that he gave us, uh, I don't know, it's been over a month ago. And uh, how many of you remember that prophetic word that he, that he spoke? And, uh, and so there was, now I said all that because of what I have always found is before there's a fresh birth thing, there's always like this word, these words start coming over your life. Words start coming over your life. God begins to speak things. God begins to articulate things. And so I, I want to encourage all of you, whenever you begin to hear that, and whenever that begins to take place in your life, you need to understand this. God is saying, you're getting close to birthing time. You're getting close to birth. In other words, I, what I'm doing is I'm preparing something in your spiritual womb and I'm fortifying your spiritual womb to give birth to something that I desire for you to give birth to. Now again, going back to what we started with, the Christmas story is a story about birthing. That's what it's about. And whenever we read the story, we have to under, if we miss the principles of spiritual birthing, then we miss the reason that it was even written to start out with. It wasn't just there to give us some type of historical account of how Jesus came. It's there so that God reveals. See, the word is written so that we can begin to have insight. And as we do, God reveals to us, this is the way that I work. This is the way that I do things. Amen? And so... I said all that to say this, these words that have been spoken over this church and the words that have been spoken over your life cannot, hear this, cannot merely be something that we shout about when we hear it and then forget about later. It has to be more than just something that thrills us for the moment. Because I found that a lot of times people approach even the prophetic ministry like it's a crystal ball. And I want to make sure everybody understands that the prophetic ministry is not crystal ball. It's not there just to kind of give you some kind of insight into your future. It is God's seed that's being planted on the inside of you to impregnate you with something that's going to cause you to do greater than you ever done before. Amen? See, it's, it, it, we, we have to allow the spiritual impregnation to happen within us and then allow it to develop within us and then be birthed through us. We have to say like Mary, let it be to us according to your word. Now, I want everybody to understand this is where we're going to tonight is in the process of giving birth to things. There are, and how many of you ladies here have had a baby? You've had a baby. If you have had a baby, kind of wave your hand. Now, you'll be able to relate to this um, probably more so than men, but men, I pray that you'll just be able to understand in the same way that you were there and watching your wife go through all of this. But for any of you who have had a baby, carried a baby, or you've lived with a woman who was about to have a baby, you can relate to a lot of this. 
And I don't know uh, if you ladies remember the last month of pregnancy. And this is the, one of the first things that, you, that happens, and you know that you're getting close to delivery time. This is one of the reasons I'm telling you this. I, I believe that this church right now, in God's timetable, we are very close to delivery time. There are some things that God is prepping us to give birth to that's going to affect this region, it's going to affect our state, going to affect our nation, and also affect the nations. Amen? But one of the first things that happens before in the last month of pregnancy is things become very uncomfortable. Everybody say uncomfortable. How many of you ladies know what I'm talking about, how it becomes very uncomfortable? Whenever a woman is pregnant, she can't go anywhere. She, as a matter of fact, usually in the last month or two, the doctors will tell you, don't go anywhere. You can't travel anywhere. I, I have a new understanding of why they say that. And it's not so much necessarily that it could be real dangerous for them. It's just so that their husbands will be protected. <laughs> but the reality is whatever... I say that jokingly, but there's a partial truth in there. But whenever a woman, whenever a mama is uncomfortable, whenever she's carrying that baby, it, it, it can make it quite uncomfortable for everybody even around her. Right? And I remember whenever Stacy was pregnant with all three of ours, and in the ninth month, she would try to find a place on the mattress that was comfortable, and I could feel every time she moved in the bed. How many of you men know what I'm talking about? She's uncomfortable. She's trying to find a place. And you're really on the inside. You're, on the outside, you're going, oh, baby, uh, I'm, I'm sorry you don't feel good. But on the inside, you're going, would you please stop moving around? I can't get any sleep whatsoever. <laughs> right? But they're moving around and moving around and because I can't find any place of comfortability. I'm going somewhere with this. You have to understand as you are getting close to delivering what God has called you to deliver, what he's wanting to birth through you is things will begin to be uncomfortable within your life. And understand whenever that's happening, you can't think that you're out of the will of God just because something is uncomfortable. You know, that's one of the things I found is that we as human beings, we don't like things to be uncomfortable. When things get uncomfortable, we want to jet, right? Can I get out of this uncomfortable experience right now? How fast can I get out of this uncomfortable situation? But what we have to realize is that many times in the midst of the uncomfortability that's going on, God is working something on the inside of us and God bringing us to the place of birthing. Hallelujah. Amen. Get in the ninth one woman and she's extremely uncomfortable. She can't sleep well. No position is comforting. And many times there'll be like indigestion and reflux and also to go along with that on is moodiness, probably because of the other things that go on. Of course, my wife was never moody. Okay. <laughs> but please hear this. Spiritual Listen, spiritual discomfort, you might want to write this down. Spiritual discomfort doesn't mean that you are out of God's will. It indicates you're getting close to the time of delivery. See, what I found sometimes as God's bringing people close to a time of spiritual delivery of something that they've been pregnant with, what they want to do is they want to get up and leave rather than commit to the process. And what they end up doing is miscarrying what God really wants to bring forth through their lives 
because they're trying to get out of the process. Because none of us really like the process. But you look at somebody and say, there is a process. L let me tell you, there's a process of everything that God does within your life. And I will tell you that there are moments that within the process, it is uncomfortable. But you have to learn to embrace even the times that it's uncomfortable, knowing that God is working things out for your good. And on the other side of it, things are going to be glorious. On the other side of it, you'll say, I passed the test. I went through it. And praise God, I got a testimony now. You'll never have a testimony until you first pass the test. Uh, I don't have time to go there. Many times before we give birth to God's plan for our life, we are forced, hear this, we are forced out of our comfort zone. I've never seen, uh, let me back up. Anytime that I've seen God do something fresh and new within my life and birth something fresh, the first thing I had to do was get out of my comfort zone. I had to be willing to step out of what was comfortable to be. What God is doing right now, I, I, and what the Lord's been doing within the last year, year and a half, Pastor Stacey and I had to be willing to step out of our comfort zone. You know, when you've done something for 25 years, you get comfortable doing it, right? I'm comfortable doing this. I like doing this. This is the jacket that fits. This is what fits me and I like it. I can get up every morning, put that jacket on and I mean, it's just, I style and profile because I know how, are y'all following what I'm saying? I'm using some natural analogies here because you know, I, I've, I've been accustomed to wearing it and I know how to do it. I, I've become skilled and I'm not doing that to beat myself on the chest. You know, before I went from pastor, went from worship leader to pastor, I had to be willing to get out of my comfort zone. When I was behind the keyboard and playing, I, I mean, I, I, I could lead worship. And again, I'm not beating myself on the chest, but I could lead worship and I could lead worship well. And there was a prophetic flow and the prophetic song and I could travel and, and minister and all these right songs. And again, I'm not saying this. I want to make sure everybody understands the purpose for me saying this is not to say that I was great. I'm saying that I felt comfortable doing that. And then the Lord called me to pastor. What? I got, I got to get down in the dirt with people. I got to mess with people. I got to get down in their stuff. I've got to counsel them. And I'm going to have to deal with the, the quirkiness that's there. And I'm, see, it was uncomfortable. And so God will always require you to get out of your comfort zone before he brings forth a fresh birthing within your life. Are you following this? But understand this. That it doesn't mean that you leave. It just means that you submit to the process that God is bringing forth within your life. Amen. And by the, the last year and a half, there's been some uncomfortable times. I'm accustomed to doing it this way. You know, this, this is what feels good. And now the Lord's causing some things to happen and opening some doors and new, there's new relationships being forged. And some of the folks, I don't even, please don't hear I say this, are not the people that I would necessarily choose to flow with. Not necessarily the people that I would say, we're on the same page. And God is linking and forging relationships that I never asked for. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't have asked for. As a matter of fact, I've said in my private times, I don't want to be with that group. Before I ever went on staff at CI, I had actually made the statement. Y'all have heard the, the story before. I said, whenever Phil Sadler, when we met with them many, many years ago, and they said, 
the Lord spoke to us that you're going to be at CI. Immediately through my mind, it, what I said is it'll be a cold day before I ever go. That bunch of crazy prophetic people. Those people are nuts. They're, they're weirdos. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it froze is all I'd say. <laughs> it froze. It froze. Yeah. And it's still frozen. I'm not on staff there anymore, but I just talked with Bishop Hammond yesterday, you know, said hello to him, called to see how he was doing. And, you know, he was getting ready, I think, for a, for a, uh, for a, yeah, some kind of thing that he was, you know, we, we talked to him regularly. And the only thing I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is this, I'm still in relationship with him today. Well, I was uncomfortable. I didn't like that. I didn't want to. But you see, you have to be willing to embrace what is uncomfortable if you're ever going to move into what God really has for you. The next thing is this, vulnerable. Everybody say vulnerable. Whenever a woman begins to give birth, she becomes very vulnerable. And I know you've seen in the movies before where their legs are up in stirrups. You ever seen those movies? And she's screaming and yelling, usually at her husband. But this is the bottom line. It, in order to birth what God wants you to birth and to bring forth the promise of God within your life, you're going to have to be willing to step out of the boat and risk it all. You have to become vulnerable to some degree. You have to do something you've never done before. Can I tell you, I never led worship until I actually did it. I never wrote a song until I actually wrote a song. I never wrote a book until I actually wrote a book. You know what? We never birthed a church until we actually did it. We never actually birthed a network of churches until we actually did it. You have to be willing to step out and do something you haven't done before. Amen? Now, you don't do it just because you want to do it. You do it because the Spirit of the Lord is leading you, and there's prophetic confirmation and apostolic sending this in your life. But at the end of the day, you still have to be willing to do what you haven't done before. And whenever you do that, there's always a, le a measure of vulnerability that happens. Okay? By the way, some of you have never ushered before. Maybe you need to usher. Some of you have never been a greeter before. Maybe you need to be a greeter. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Some of you never really worked with kids before. Maybe the Lord's wanting you to work with kids. But some of you maybe never worked with youth, but maybe the Lord's wanting you to work with you. Some of you never been on the worship team or in the choir. Maybe, some, maybe the Lord's speaking to you about that. But you have to say, let it be to me according to your word. Well, they might hear me sing and might, they might say something I, like I don't sing well. It's okay. Praise the Lord. They'll keep it to themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. You just have to be willing to come into that place of vulnerability. The next thing is this, and it's a word that we don't like to hear, but it's called transition. Everybody say transition. When a baby begins to position itself to enter the birth canal, that is known as transition. It is when a woman is moving from seven centimeters to 10 centimeters as far as her, the dilation of the cervix. And that, that the time that she's moving from seven centimeters to 10 centimeters right before she begins to push is called transition. And it is arguably the most difficult time of the delivery process. A woman's body at that moment, all of you ladies can probably identify with this if you've had a baby, your body is screaming, I need to push, right? How many ladies know what I'm talking about? Your, your body is saying push, but yet there are doctors and nurses and possibly coaches, possibly your husband that are saying now is not the time to push. 
right? And that's what's going on during this transitional phase. And so it is the time that when the woman's body is screaming to do one thing, but yet it is not time to do that. And hear this, that's when a mother must rely on their support person. Let me say it like this. In the moments of spiritual birthing, you gotta be willing to listen and receive instruction. You cannot rely on your instinct or even the own voices that you hear because sometimes you can hear incorrectly. I can't tell you how important it is to have those around you that will speak the truth. You gotta have people around you that will speak the truth. Speak the truth in love that will declare to you what the Lord is saying and what they feel in their heart because sometimes whenever you are um, engrossed in the situation, you are totally uh, encapsulated in the moment. You can't hear properly during those times many times. And so you have to be willing to listen to others, be willing to listen to those that are, are not actually in that moment of time. I hope you're understanding, you're hearing what I'm saying by the Spirit. You gotta be willing to receive instruction. I have seen more people end up going shipwrecked because they refuse to listen to anybody else. They believe I can hear from God and I don't need anybody else and you know, before long they're shipwrecked. Transition is not fun, but get this, it means that you're almost there. It is just a part of the process, okay? I, I joked for many, many years, I said transition is the place that we commonly call hell. Okay, you ever been through transition? You know, and I'm not just talking about natural birth, but I mean just a transition in life. A lot of times it, it, it's, it's, hurt, it's hurting and, and many times when you're going through it, you're wanting to do things, but yet it's not the right thing to do. You may feel like doing it, but it may not be. Just because you feel like doing something does not mean it's the right thing to do, okay? You cannot give birth though without embracing transition. I'm going to give you a storm. We'll be very, very transparent here. Whenever Pastor Joshua and Miranda moved back, they moved back in like the end of March of 2022. And yeah, Teresa's glad of that. We're glad also. We knew it was God. One, we knew it was God because they said yes. Because up until that time, they said, we are never coming back to Panama City. We love Orlando. We like Orlando. We're going to stay in Orlando. We plan on, and by the way, the church was doing fine. It wasn't doing bad. Church wasn't crashing. Church was all right. But whenever we started talking about it, immediately they felt a witness of the Spirit. They felt like this is the Lord. That's a miracle right there. It really is. You, because if you'd had the conversations that we had before they moved back, you would understand what a great miracle that actually was. And we knew it was the Lord. But in doing so, that meant this, that Stacy and I, Pastor Stacy and I, we're gonna to have to release some things out of our hands. When you've done something for 25 years, and that's been your life, and that's what you've done, it's not easy to begin to let go. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's not easy. You don't wanna let go of anything. That's mine. And by the way, a lot of churches, I'm just saying this side lot, there's a lot of good churches that end up crashing because the senior leader won't let things go and they hang on to it for too long and they don't, they're, they're more interested in maintaining their place and position rather than raising up the next generation. 
And we said this, that's not what God's called us. We believe we've got generations can work together. But listen, you got to learn how to, you got to pass the baton. Anybody who's ever ran a relay race will tell you that the most difficult part of that actual race is the passing of the baton. And that is the point whenever everything can go awry more than anything, any other area. The passing of the baton is the most difficult time. Because for a moment, for a moment, the two runners are having to run at identical speeds. You notice they don't pitch it, right? They have to run at identical speeds for just a moment. But then it's time for, okay, you can slow down, and he's going to take it and run with it. Can I tell you, whenever we pass the baton, Pastor, Pastor Joshua Miranda have run. They have, they have run. I'm telling them, please slow down. And they've done a tremendous job. Our staff has done a tremendous job. And they're doing more than we've ever done. We Listen, we, there was more outreach out of this church in this last year than we've ever had in the history of this church. But let me tell you why. It's because we were willing to embrace transition. To embrace transitions means I had to let some things go. I had to, and so my, I recognized my function was changing. What God was doing within me there was a birth thing that God was bringing us into, and we had to embrace that transitional process. And I'm going to go ahead and just tell you, you know what, there was some, there was some heated moments. Are y'all still with me? You know what I mean by heated moments? We're praying in tongues one moment, and then we're having a heated moment, and then, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. We're praying one moment, the next moment we're having some words with each other, okay? We, you know, it didn't mean we didn't love, and by the way, every family should learn to be able to go through those things and still love one another at the end of it, right? Right? How many of you ever had a heated moment with your spouse? Some people can't handle that. Ready for a divorce? No, praise the Lord. Y'all kiss and make up. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You might have to see it come up, but don't let it go down on your wrath, amen? You make sure at the end of the day or then by the next morning that you're hugging one another, you're loving on one another, and you found some way to reconcile. Well, there were times, there were moments that it was rough. There were times, a moment, now I'll just, and Pastor Stacy could tell you more about this, but Pastor Stacy, she felt like that everything, she had lost everything. She felt like what she was doing, the little, when I say little, she does a lot, but I'm just saying the areas were that she might have had responsibility in to actually oversee that that was taken from her and she didn't have it anymore and she felt at loss what am I going to do I feel like I don't have a purpose these are th I'm just telling you these are real things that we went through but we recognize if we don't embrace this process we will kill this church and by the way a woman who doesn't embrace transition she'll keep she will keep her baby from being born you following me or you understand what I'm saying it hurt her and the baby. You got to be willing to embrace it. And it was painful at times. And Pastor Joshua and I, we have such a relationship that we can talk, talk very honestly and candidly with each other. And we still love each other. Now, by the way, I want to make sure everybody understands we never cussed at one another. We don't, I don't cuss, or, and he doesn't cuss, or anything like that. All right, we don't, but I'm just saying it got a little heated. And more than one time. Okay? Is this too honest for you? 
I'm only bearing my soul just so that you know, just because something, there's in moments of transition, there can be some, there can be a little friction, but you have to say, you know, I'm going to still embrace this because I know what God has for me. Amen. I look at the church now. I look at where we're at. I look at 20 months after they've been here. And I see where we're at now, and I say, to God be the glory. And I see how that we have young people getting involved like they never had before. We have a whole new generation of leaders coming up. That doesn't do away with what we're doing. You know, I'm 62. I haven't quitting. I'm not going anywhere. I'm still here. It's just my function changes, right? And so you have to be willing to embrace that function. And by the way, for you that have children, and you know your children grow up, and you understand whenever they're in the house, whenever they're five years old, six years old, you better sit down right now. Whenever they're 21 years old and they come back to visit, you don't say, you better sit down right now, right? Your function changes in their life. You're no longer their parent demanding things. Then you ask them, thank, thank you for coming over. Would you please sit down, <laughs> you know? Come in and have a seat. The way you relate is different. And so we have, as, as you mature and as you grow, you have to be willing to embrace that. And unfortunately, there, there's, an, there's an entire generation of leaders that have went before that never really learned to be able to do that effectively with a, with a generation that was to come in their place. But anyway, the last thing is this. I'm closing. Push. Everybody say push. Once the bait, once the... Cervix gets to 10 centimeters, and the doctor's going to say, time to push. Once the baby has positioned itself and the cervix is completely dilated, it's time to work. No longer will the contractions of the uterus alone cause the baby to be born. There's got to be, hear this, there's got to be complete, total, and concentrated effort on the part of the mother. She has to push. That means this, no distractions. Can't have any distractions. Look at somebody say, no distractions. I really believe that we are right now in the church. We are in that place of pushing. I believe we've been through the transition, and God is saying now, high praise, it's time to push. It's time. We are already beginning to push. We haven't seen the fullness, but now that means there's work. It means every, every deck on hand, so to speak, and it's, it's time for everybody to begin to, uh, or every hand on deck, excuse me, I said that backwards, but nonetheless, y'all know what I was talking about. <laughs> Every deckhand working. Okay, here we go. We'll say it three different ways and you'll understand it. You may have to eliminate some things within your life that are distracting your attention and robbing your time. Right? And it's so easy today for things to become distractions in our lives. We got everything. We got our phones. We got everything else in the world that will distract us. We got t televisions and, you know, YouTube and all the other stuff that's there. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but you know what? They can distract us if we're not careful. And I, want, I just want to encourage everybody. I believe that God is bringing you even into a time of birthing. And you have to, during that time, you got, I got to put aside distractions because it's easy to get distracted. It really is. And you have to say, let it be to me according to your word, Lord. You spoke this within my life. And now we're going to give birth to it. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Have you gotten anything out of this? I, I'm, I'm going so many different directions, and I'm using the, the letter method of preaching. It's called open her up and let her fly tonight. It's kind of like the splatter gun, things going all over the place. But listen, you've got to grab hold of that part that bears witness with you. You've got to you grab hold of that which speaks to your heart. 
Allow the Holy Spirit to birth that within you. Allow the Holy Spirit to make that come alive. Can you lift your hands right there? <clears throat> and I want you to just pray this with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for that which you desire to birth through me. I thank you for the seed that has been released within my life. I thank you, Lord, that I've been pregnant with your word. I've been pregnant with your promise. I've been pregnant with your purpose. And I thank you, Lord, you're bringing me to the time of delivery. When that will be delivered that you have impregnated me with, in Jesus' name, let your purpose be birthed. Let your plan be birthed. I submit myself wholly to you. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. Come on, say it boldly. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can you give the Lord a praise tonight? Hallelujah. Listen, God has great plans for you. God has a great purpose for you. But you know what? You're going to have to allow that process to go on within your life. But I'll tell you, if you'll be faithful in the process, you'll see the manifestation. You'll see the birthing. You'll see the fulfillment. You'll see everything that God promised you. And not one thing that God has spoken over your life will fall to the ground and you'll see it all fulfilled. You'll hold that baby, hallelujah. You'll be able to see it and experience it, but don't give up and don't you throw in the towel because I'm telling you, birthing day is coming. It's coming quickly in Jesus' mighty name. Can you lift your hands and say, yes, Lord, let it be. Come on, yes, Lord, let it be. I just feel like there's some of you, there's businesses, fresh business ideas that God's releasing even within you tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for those business ventures that you're releasing in the name of Jesus. And Lord, mm, thank you, Lord God, for the supernatural increase and the financiers that are coming in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Can you give the Lord praise one more time? Hallelujah. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.